0: Welcome to the Outer Rim News Podcast, episode 55. It's coming in a little late this time, I know. We skipped a week, but hey, some of us have to take vacations and some of us forget to mention it on the last podcast. I'm sorry. That's the way things work here at the Outer Rim News headquarters, unfortunately. But we're here today with a brand new episode full of reviews and a little news Yeah, a little Last Jedi news for you guys. A little Vanity Fair photo shoot that just uh, came out, like, maybe last week. And since we didn't do a podcast, we couldn't cover it. So this week, we're going to cover it. But we're also going to review The Screaming Citadel, parts one and two. And a little bit of Thrawn in there. A little bit of Thrawn. But before we get all... Into it. Gonna introduce us. I, of course, and Ashley Wilbanks, the greatest star pilot in this galaxy. And as always, over there, far, far away, seems like a galaxy far, far away. Austin, Captain Gordy.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i have that's all i got tonight yeah
0: dude you just let me down every week it's every like i'm week. waiting for something else it's like yes and then i'm waiting <laughs> then it's <there's> like nothing <laughs> i
1: just love to torture you oh uh,
0: I, th- I thought you were gonna come 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 with something special since we missed last week
1: one day one day one day mm-hmm. mm. okay well
0: uh, since we missed last
1: week We got two weeks to cover. I mean, what what have you been doing, man? Mainly just reading. Like I've finally like caught up on a lot of stuff, and I've had more time to actually sit down and read. So I've uh, I was reading the rest of the Thrawn novel, finished it. Um, Started on I started the uh, Rebel Rising, Mm -hmm. and uh, can't wait to see how that plays out. It's really interesting so far reading catching up on the comics so i've been reading all the latest star wars comics i didn't get today's apparently the the new dr Aphra is out and i had i just haven't had a chance to pick it up but but yeah just um doing that and you know catching up on tv shows and pretty much feel like i've caught up so now i can i can watch online stuff like netflix and the such you know like i'm so behind on the marvel shows it's not even funny really Yeah, I haven't watched Blue Cage. I haven't watched Iron Fist. So what? Yeah, what do you do with your time? (laughs) Struggle. (laughs) Play catch up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, uh, I just see you there struggling,
1: like oh, just can't do it. Do for three hours. Basically, what it is is like you know, you it's like you work and you don't have time during work to do much, and then it's like you know. When you're done with work, or I say you, I keep saying you, but me, when I'm done with work, my significant other gets home and then it's okay. What are we going to watch? What are we going to do? And it's usually us trying to catch up on the DVR. And, uh, and then it's been a mixture of that and Harry Potter lately. <laughs> Cause she wants to go back really? to Harry Potter. So we're watching that after, I think because of our universal trip. And, uh, mm-hmm. so we've been doing that. And then it's like, okay, she goes to bed. I'm like, all right, it's time for me to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I just pass out on the couch. I'm like, here we go. About to watch this. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know how that
0: goes. Yeah. Well, so last week I was, of course, away, on, on you know, out of the country, cruising. On the, a boat. The sea, o- Open seas. Yes. <laughs> and no matter where I go, I'm going to run into something Star Wars never fails. <laughs> and I ran into something Star Wars on the cruise ship.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And their little, uh, little cruise store, I mean, ship store, they had a little section of, uh, Star Wars merchandise. N- nothing fancy, no figures, anything like that. Little, little bitty games to play, you know, to pass the time, I guess, mm-hmm. while you're, if you're in the room, like a uh, card game and some kind of little ball game and several other little things. But, uh, maybe even a water gun or, or something, I almost bought some stuff, but I was like, ah, you know, this is on the cruise ship, it's probably double the price of what I can get it in some dollar general somewhere. So, All right, I passed on it, but I did take a picture of it, put it on our Instagram page, out rim news, and uh, you can go there, check out the little Star Wars display that they had. Uh, it's kind of cool because, like I said, I run into Star Wars everywhere there's not a day that goes by that i don't see star wars literally <laughs> okay I'm, maybe not i'm not
1: lying at all
0: <laughs> i'm very literal
1: yes i am
0: very literal look in my eyes
1: my <laughs> kid yeah. can
0: you, you see not. can you see my eyes from the other side of the car or walking or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this uh, anyway, it was a good trip, made it back safe. It's, last night was a bit of a bummer on the cruise. We got into some stormy weather. It was not cool. Other than that though, we had a good trip.
1: <laughs> Girls, hang on, but, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: nah, we didn't throw up, but it it was pretty rocky there for a little I'll while. Bet. Yeah. They lost like a whole pile of China and stuff on the, Oh wow. on, 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 yeah. In the, um, eating area. It was crazy. I was just a tad bit scared, so I
1: had to Google up: "Can cruise ships sink? <laughs> Are you on water? Is it a boat?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, I,
0: I, yeah. So I was, I, I was, you know, uh, scared, but the, the internet did uh, help alleviate some of that fear after reading. So I was like, "Okay, we're gonna make it through this, maybe." <laughs> Uh, but enough of that let's talk some star wars let's talk about uh the screaming citadel which is marvel's new uh star wars crossover event Uh, i'm not sure how how many issues this is maybe a five-part miniseries not sure i have to go back and look but it kicks off with a uh a one-shot uh called star wars the screaming citadel then Issue two goes into Star Wars number thirty-one, and issue three came out today in Doctor Afra Afra, however you want to say her name. Issue number—I uh, don't know what this was—is this number seven? Maybe. Um, it is issue number seven. Yes, it is. So you wanna you wanna give us the breakdown of the, the premise of this? Of This story, Austin.
1: Well, basically, I think if you if people were um, reading into the Doctor Aphra series, you know, she, her and her father, they uncover uh, what would you call it? It's like an ancient Jedi sect or something like that, and then they, yeah, yeah, and then and you know they they find out secrets to like the, oh Lord, what, what was it called? It was like a, oh God, was it just like a. a man like a Jedi like an old Jedi master or
0: yeah or he was there? an old Jedi master but you know it, it was when I was reading Dr. for or Afra, I've read every issue of Dr. Aphra mm-hmm. and while it was good th- that whole ancient Jedi thing just sort of you know I, I didn't quite understand what it was right um you know because it wasn't really a person was it it was more like a a computer with the thoughts of the, or the, maybe the mind of the Jedi downloaded to it.
1: Maybe is that something like that? That's what I, that's what I took from it. But you know, like you have all that. And, and, um, after that ends off, you know, basically she's got this information and she needs, I guess she basically needs a Jedi Knight or someone to, to discover. And that's where it kind of, she runs into Luke Skywalker. And, um, yeah, cause it's, cause yeah, what it is, it's, it's an artifact that has the recorded consciousness of that, that Jedi.
0: Did you just break open the book?
1: Yeah. I was looking at it to see what exactly <laughs> they called it. <laughs> so it's like, just the, it's like you said, it's just, he's, um, they just have his consciousness downloaded into it. So yeah, basically she uses Luke to, to track this down and unlock it basically. Wouldn't you say? well yeah but here
0: here's the thing i don't she's actually i don't think she's looking for Luke to unlock it. she's looking for Luke as uh a down payment to unlock it oh well, or yeah, a payment yeah you know to this this other person who we'll get to in a minute mhm oh <clears throat> but i and, and you know I c I don't know how to pronounce. So uh, okay, so I'll, I'll take it a little bit further here. So Afra or Afra, how do you say that? I, I don't p- make
1: it matters because you, you can say you know Leah or Leia, whatever you know. So Afra, Afra, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. I say the Aphra.
0: plans provided by Princess Leah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so uh, Doctor Afra has this um, this little artifact with this Jedi's consciousness in it. She meets up with Luke. She knows who that Vader's interested in Luke. She kind of puts two and two together that Luke has some kind of force powers. Mm -hmm. And, um, she says, Oh, you know, I think I can, I think I can help you, Luke. You're looking for somebody to teach you about the force. I have something that can teach you about the force.
1: force,
0: Uh, but we have to go to this place, you know, to this lady to show us how to unlock it, which, you know, her long term plan hadn't played out yet. I know that, you know, not everything is cool with this, this picture here. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's bound to double cross Luke. She's bound yeah. to do it. Um, so, you know, some one reason, I mean, for some reason, she wants the data inside of this artifact, what she wants it for, I don't know. Does she want to help Luke? No, not really. No, not I think it's all. probably just
1: more like money and, you know, I'm sure she could, because she owes, would, I, don't know if it'll, I don't know if it plays into it, but doesn't she owe um, the Wookiee a lot of money?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and $10, if you know how to spell, uh, say his name.
1: I can't even remember. It's
0: like, Crinsanston.
1: Yeah. I think I would you say, gotta say I think I would say Chrysantan is what I would Krins- say.
0: Chrysantan?
1: Chrysantan. How many K's say in, in it? In Shirook. Oh,
0: Isn't that the Wookiee's language?
1: In Shirook? Shirook? Yeah. yeah you <laughs> gotta you, say I like, like say Yeah, you gotta say
0: Ah, Santan. Yeah. Yours is better than mine. I found it. I sounded like I was just burping. You
1: know? <laughs> burp. <laughs> oh god. But no, okay, they have to so, take. But yeah, they have to take the. That you know they. She's basically using Luke as payment to that queen. On this the and it's weird. The the planet, like the where the sit this screaming citadel where it's located is called Cathatun. K- Cathatun. Yeah, really. Maybe the K's or c- silent. C- or the
0: T's silent. Okay, so spelled K-T-A-T-H apostrophe A-T-N. Yeah. Yeah, so tha-
1: tha- So tha- 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 fans, that if
0: you know how to pronounce it, you know, more power to you, because that's, that's a mouthful. Ka-
1: it's funny, is it funny th- they say here, they say that word... That word means the military expedient construction of loud, shrill exhalations. Basically like screaming, so they call it the Screaming Citadel. Wow. So that's pretty dark. And it looks, and the place, what's funny is it looks like an evil version of the of the Jedi Temple. And almost mm-hmm. like Sauron's uh, Orthanc, you know, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's just pretty dark. Now, keep in mind,
0: this, this is... This is a mini series, so it and, and it's hitting across all books. So, all of the current Star Wars writers and artists are working on this. Like for instance, the Screaming Citadel Part One, which is a standalone book, was uh, written by uh, Kieran Gillen with art by Marco Ciccietto. Um
1: I love his art, by the way.
0: Yeah, but okay. The second part, Star Wars Number Thirty One, is written by Jason Aaron. And the artist is Salvador Larocca, but if I'm reading this right, maybe you know, and I hadn't done I hadn't done my homework on this on this book at all to see who the mastermind behind this book is, but I think probably Gillen and Aaron combined maybe worked on this. Okay, the, the whole story, you know, overall, mm-hmm. and maybe each um each. Each uh writer gets to do their own thing for the for the book. Um I know Kieran Gillen did Doctor is writing Doctor Af- Afra too, so mm-hmm. part three is written by him. But uh so so anyway, episode Episode look I'm talking like his freaking T V movies. <laughs> wow. So pretty much by the end of uh book one we are left at a point where they are at the screaming the screaming citadel. Yeah. And some uh, sort of
1: banquet that they Yeah they dive kind of into, yeah. Uh...
0: Some sort of banquet. I, and and Luke has to get dressed up in this uh very tuxedo looking kind of thing. It almost looks like uh what's that anime? Uh Kali. Is it is it uh maybe Gundam or something where they have the, all the freely lace kind of the dudes have like the the suit but the freely lace worst person kind of
1: ask about anime because I don't know anything I because I would be like uh, Cowboy Bebop uh, Akira <laughs> <laughs> like I'll just name off all the ones that I just of uh, like DVD covers I've seen because all my friends are into anime and I've never really watched much of it
0: yeah so anyway they're this they're this party for this. This person, Luke's looking
1: all swanky, uh, huh? The what? I said Luke's looking all swanky. Yeah, and
0: this person opens her doors once a year, one night every every year, and everybody comes to offer her something for for something else. Like they they bring all any kind of unique valuable item that they can. To gain some kind of knowledge or, or information from this other person, mm-hmm. so it looks like Afra is bringing Luke as the as the gift, so that she can get this uh, artifact open. But uh, as you read on, you find that what is this? What is the lady's name?
1: Queen? Uh... Oh, I can't remember her name. I just remember as the queen. I'm trying to remember her yeah. name, her actual name.
0: Yeah, the queen. Anyway, it it it's sort of not Star Wars to me. I, you know, I'll be honest. I love comics, and this if this wasn't Star Wars, it'd probably be a good story. It's it, but it doesn't feel Star Wars, right? You know, when you when you bring in the because to be honest, this lady reminds me of a vampire.
1: Right. Oh, definitely. But you know what I thought though. Whenever I first saw her, I thought she was a uh, a witch. I thought that's where they were about to go with it. You know, which would make sense with them being, you know, like being force users and stuff like that. Me too. But yeah, the way they're but they haven't really made that statement. They just say that she, you know, she feeds off of people. Yeah, like they, which is, I guess they. I don't know if they sort just really drink nasty. the blood or something. I don't know what you... Or their, their soul. I don't know what in the hell they're doing. But, um, yeah, it's definitely like a dark Star Wars story. Kind of like... And, you're, and I'm with you. It's sort of like that kind where you... For me, it doesn't feel a Star Wars-ish. And then I kind of turn away from it. It's sort of like the... What was it? The Red Harvest book? that was out. Or Dark? There was da- or Death Troopers... Where it was um, kind of like almost like a zombie zombie story. And I just, I'm like, well, I don't need that. Um, Yeah,
0: really. Really. I mean, it's like if Star Wars was a TV show, this would be the Halloween episode. Right. You know, it's just. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not. To me, it's not Star Wars. You know, it may end up being something, oh, cool. This is like the best story ever. Yeah. But through the first two issues, it feels uh like they're forcing Star Wars horror on you you right. know in a way that doesn't feel Star Wars it it's Star Wars because it has Luke Leia Han you know Chewbacca all, all all the the main cast in it but yeah I'm just not digging it you know I mean the art in it's pretty it's really good yeah uh it's just the plot is not my thing but uh So, that takes us to uh, Star Wars number 31, um, because at the end of uh, the Screaming Citadel 1, she kind of shut down the whole party, because Luke, you know, she found out, the Queen found out, hey, Luke's got force powers. Oh, I want him really bad. Yeah, I gotta eat Um, this kid. (laughs) Yeah, so she invites Aphra and and Luke to breakfast in the morning. And basically, it's just a plot to capture Luke with these... uh, she tries to make him uh lift the top uh, this covered plate she tries to get him to use his force to to use the force to lift the cover and of course Luke at this point the story takes place in between a new hope and empire so Luke's still kind of you know just faking his way around using the force he doesn't really know what he's doing and of course he can't do it on on command and and uh so they give him a little, uh, motivation to do it by putting a knife to his throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears> throat, but, uh, unbeknownst to Luke, their dinner is not under the the hood of this, uh, covered dish. It's actually some kind of evil creature that even the empire has outlawed because they're so dangerous. And that was her way of trying to get Luke. You know, he opens the top to the plate, this little insect looking nasty Rodent grabs a hold of Luke, takes over his body, all that kind of good good gravies, you know horror junk and uh by the end of this issue, uh Luke and Afra trying to make their escape, have found their way into some dungeon with all sorts of monstrosities, like two headed hammerheads, uh zombie jar jar binks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, zombie uh muff tack Oh, jeez. But the the there's some dark humor in it too because uh, BT zero
1: and uh, I can BT, never remember BT1 these guys' and, name. BT one and uh, yeah, triple zero.
0: Yeah, BT one are the are the comedians of the book, but in, you right. know, in that dark humor kind of way. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of steal the show. But you know, when they're in a book, they steal the show pretty much every time.
1: That's true. That's really true. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, yeah, I could just read a book about these guys, B T one and Triple Zero. And and all this, you know, stuff they get into. But um I forgot to mention that in in the first book, you know, Han, Leia and Han's wife <laughs> or not wife or whatever you want to call her. Mm-hmm. Uh Realize that Afra, Afra has Luke, and they're like, "Oh, we got to go rescue her!" So they find somehow where she's taking them, mm-hmm. and at the end of Star Wars number thirty-one, they sort of arrive on at the Screaming Citadel, waiting to see you know what happens next. And of course, since you hadn't read uh, Doctor Afra number seven, we won't we won't go into that. But uh,
1: when's the uh, when's the new? Um Mace Windu series supposed to start.
0: Yeah, so that was a good one um Mace Windu. <clears throat> I can tell you in just a second, Marvel sent over a uh a press release to us about that new Mace Windu book. And I believe it comes out oh da 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 on sale in August. So August 23rd. It's when it's scheduled to come out. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, read that. Yeah. um, I don't really know, you know, much about this. But, uh, and, and, you know, the title of it is Star Wars Jedi of the Republic Mace Windu. So I wonder if this this title, Star Wars Jedi of the Republic, will be like a... uh, you know, kind of like a mini, a mini series book going forward, so you could have like Mace Windu for five issues. Then the right. next five issues will be uh,
1: adi Mundi. yes
0: yeah, adi Mundi
1: or right. or Yaddle, or, right? Or Flo-Koon. That will be really cool yeah. if they do that, and they and they should they could do it like where it's they run parallel. Like you know, we don't have to wait for five issues before going to the next. Jedi Master, maybe we could have maybe two or three running at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get that. I don't
0: know how well sales are. You know, I was looking the other day and Marvel has, has you know, for for the longest time, Marvel was at the top of the sales charts. Mm-hmm. Beating out everybody. You know, DC, DC was like a, a distant second. But over the past year, I don't know what's going on, DC... Has taken the lead hmm. and regularly beating Marvel in the sales charts. <clears throat> There's been lots of speculation as to why that is, but uh, we'll leave that for uh, you guys to go Google up if you want to do that. But um, yeah, I don't see Marvel putting out more than one of these books at a time. Oh, okay. You know, I think after they wrap, wrap up. If their plan is to make more of these, you know, after Mace Windu, I would assume they would release one through five of Mace Windu, then you know, go with the next Jedi Master.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely interested in reading that. I just hope that they really come up with a good story, which they claim to say that it's it'll fit right in with the. With the uh, storylines, everything will be good, and everything. I don't know. They probably said the same thing about Obi Wan and Anakin, and I thought that was mm-hmm. a pretty weak story. Um, you know, I'm excited. i am never for the read new, that, so yeah, it was just it just wasn't that good. But um, I'm I'm hopeful for that, and I'd, I'd like to read the new Darth Vader coming out. But it's just so weird how it's almost like a reboot of because they're just still calling it Darth Vader, but it's going to start over with issue one. Like that's weird. Really, to me. yeah. And it's going to go back where, like, it's going to go and cover probably, I guess, within that 18-year gap, you know, between three huh. and four. That's crazy. But, you know, <clears throat> that first
0: Darth Vader series was just great.
1: No, it was good. It was real good. I'm just surprised that this one's just st- sticking with the Darth Vader name and then starting over at number one. Like, I would think that they would call it, like, maybe, you know, Darth Vader, you know. Shadow Warrior or <laughs> something, you know. Nah.
0: Like Because it's it's an ongoing series. So here here's how comics do it. So if it's an ongoing series like that, they they like to start over at one. Why? Because that's when you get the most sales. Hmm, okay. Number one issue. Starting on you know, jumping on point for readers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know, they ran Darth Vader what, twenty four issues, the first something one? Something like that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> So it's about time for them to uh to you know ca- call it quits for a little while, a few months and then bring it back with issue number 1 and all the fanboys. Yay! Let's go buy this <laughs> and buy the 40,000 variant covers to go with it. You know, I'm not knocking that cuz you know I buy some of those variant covers cuz they look cool. <laughs> uh you got me Marvel, you got me. Okay, so, if you want to read The Screaming Citadel, uh, unless you're getting each title every month and you you already have it, let's just hold off for a little bit. Let's wait, see how this one plays out. We'll read it for you, so you don't have to, um, and then we'll let you know in a a couple of months when it's finished. On to the next thing. Our review of a little book called Thrawn. Thrawn. Uh,
1: Thrawn. Was that that
0: a good intro? (laughs) Sure. Okay, great.
1: I thought you were burping. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I was was saying Thrawn. uh,
1: Excuse me, Thrawn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'll, I'll
0: let you take this one since you just... You just finished reading it, and I finished it probably uh, closer to a month ago. So
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it's it, it's crazy because like I thought, you know, I thought I'd be able to get through it pretty quick, and I just, you know, I picked it up the I think the day or two before we went to celebration, and then never, you know, I didn't take it with me, didn't get to read it for that the rest of that week and weekend, and and then I just fell behind and you know had little bits of the time, but yeah, I finally finished it and. Uh, Basically, you get, which I thought this was awesome. I mean, I, I was so hyped about this from last year. Um, I think it was at Celebration when they announced that, that Thrawn would be in Rebels and Timothy Zahn, uh, they were bringing in to help develop the character and basically bridge him over from the old canon into the new canon. So, of course, I was fanboying out like crazy. And, and when they also dropped it, like, oh, and also he's, we're, he's going to be writing a book all about Thrawn. I just, you know, lost my mind I, I couldn't believe they were going this route. I felt like it was the best thing ever. So the mm-hmm. moments here, I've read it and I have to say I was a little disappointed, <laughs> but <laughs> it it's still, I mean, it's a good book here. Let me, let me put it this way. I'm not trying to jump out the bat and just like out the gate, just try to bash it. It's a good book. It's very thorough. It's everything you would ever expect out of Timothy Zahn because he's a very he's a very detailed, he's a very thorough writer. He's always got a plethora of of material and storyline, and you know he's not you know he's not quick and to the point by any means. And the character is definitely you know you read it and you get that he this character comes from the heart and this is something that he he really knows. But I feel like with this book, and I maybe maybe I felt the same way with with Tarkin, was that it's a lot of, it's almost like you're getting to know this character over uh, maybe a uh, like a non cohesive storyline or something that just doesn't. It's almost like the story doesn't matter as much as you just getting to know the character. So we're just going to yeah. put him through a bunch of scenarios, and you just you just kind of see this character deal with this moment, you know, but it doesn't, it's like a take it or leave it sort of thing. It doesn't leave uh, anything to be desired. It doesn't leave really much to, to the, to the, you know, the legend of star Wars and the, and the rich history. So, you know, of course you start out the, the, we, you know, this is, I, I can't remember exactly when this starts. Like, in, I, we do know the empire is, Form and been around for a while. I would say probably. What What would you think? Maybe, maybe I was under. The, no, I was under the
0: impression that that when he was, you know,
1: when he was found,
0: left on that planet. You know, I think the intro was like his his people voted him out, right? Right, right mm-hmm. left him out there. That, but that that was sometime during the Clone Wars, huh?
1: Because I know when they because find he him- did.
0: He did fight along with Anakin Skywalker.
1: Yeah, he does mention that. So maybe yeah, during, maybe he was left. So that's why I was going to say maybe it's five to ten years after after all that. You know, like when the Empire has already been formed.
0: Yeah, because um, because you got Governor Price in there too, coming to right. power. Mm-hmm. So it, so you know so it, somewhere it, around yeah, here, takes, five
1: to ten years. You know, after three episode three. Yeah. So you've got some time for the Empire to form and become a. a Known presence that, you know, to be what it is now. And, um, so Thrawn is, is discovered, you know, on this planet. And, uh, basically, I don't know, if it's weird because, you know, the team that finds him, one of the guys, Eli, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Van- uh, Vanto? Vantos? Vanto. Yeah, Vantos. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, I didn't know how they pronounce it in the, in the audiobook, but, you know, he was one of them that, that kind of, you know, got to know Thrawn and, and, and brought him in and, and, He's basically assigned as caretaker to, to Thrawn. So, so you get to, you get to experience this story and you're almost seeing it through the eyes of this guy, you know, um, who pretty much, you know, he wasn't going to amount to a whole lot. I mean, that's pretty much his idea on it was he wasn't going to amount to much in the empire, but he was going to, he was going to make his way and, and, uh, join like the, the, the imperial, what was it? He was just going to be part of the imperial, what they call it the Royal Navy, or something like that, yeah,
0: something like that, yeah.
1: and um you know, so it wasn't going to be much he he knew it wasn't going to be a big splash, but he would kind of have his own thing, and this kind of in if, at first it seems to kind of derail his his career plans because he's basically become a babysitter to this this alien, and you get you start to get the idea i mean they 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 you know Tim pushes this throughout the book that we're now in a time where there's you know. The viewpoint on aliens and stuff is, it's kind of reflective of how you know a lot of stuff in the in the United States now was you know between you know like you know the you know Caucasians and the African Americans back in the day and stuff you know people people didn't treat the alien races all that well and they looked at them as inferior to to Mm -hmm. humans. And that was kind of the agenda that the emperor pushed. But what was odd was that here comes this alien that people don't trust and don't know, but he's super smart. He's very, he's very talented, very, um, sneaky. You know, he's, he's always able to talk his way into things and out of things. And, and you slowly get to know him as, as a master tactician. And he's, you know, just very smart Strategy is his strong suit. and He, and he can read everybody. I mean, if everything you tend to know about Thrawn from Rebels, you, you get the, the ideas throughout the book. And so you basically see him climb the, the imperial ladder. You know, he's promoted mm-hmm. so much in this book. Like you said, I think you compared it to like Star Trek. You know, it's yeah, like a fast point, paced, yeah. you know, the military layout and everything. You get, you get a real, uh, idea of, the inner workings of the chain of command in the empire. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the book. I mean, you just have different, different instances, like just little things here and there. And you just kind of see how he treats the moments. And, And one thing I did notice that I kind of enjoyed was how you see him start out with, you know, really small things like just small potatoes, you know, just little tasks here and there that he's given, but he excels at them so well that they they're like, oh well, here now you're a you're a captain here and now you're a colonel now you, you know they just start they're like, well you did a good job well here's a new rank and then they put him somewhere else and he's just he's able to manipulate his way to the top and I mean you know it's that part of it's pretty cool I like that part of the book now you know I'll be honest with you the they they also give you backstory to uh, uh, how do you pronounce her first name or Are, Arinda Arienda. Orinda, <clears throat> Orinda, Orinda Price, who becomes governor of Lothal, um, and you see her in, in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, you see her in Star Wars Rebels. She kind of reminded me of, uh, and in the book, I always thought of her as, as Kate Blanchett's character from from Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. I've always like I just <laughs> that's my that's the human that's the real life image of her in in my head. So yeah. Kate Blanchett, you should play her in the movies. Um. Yeah. So, you know, you get her backstory and how she she came, basically, she came from a mining family on Lothal and then she's, she kind of leaves to, I mean, she's pretty much forced out, right? I mean, after her, I'm trying to remember, after her, yeah. her family, they get ran out and everything. She goes to Coruscant, kind of, you know, makes something of herself, kind of wiggles her way, worms her way into like the, the inner workings of the, of the empire and, and just the, the officials, like all the the politicians and stuff like yeah, that, she, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you get all that, and then she basically works her way up to the point where she gets her she gets to become the governor of Lothal. So she gets to basically go back home, but also stay connected into the Coruscant lifestyle, you know. And I just didn't find it; it was it was okay. But I mean, sometimes her story just kind of felt like, all right, here we go. And it doesn't feed as much into the main story. That was one thing that, that kind of bothered me was that there was no, there was no big thread throughout the book other than just getting to know the characters. And then Thrawn, you see him take on bigger and bigger tasks until the very end where it's like a big, like a grand scale battle to take this planet, you know? Um, yeah, but other than it, that, the, it, to me, it almost seemed like an
0: introduction to. Rebels season three,
1: At the very end of it did yeah, definitely. I mean that the very end of it was was cool. I just wish that there was like another, like there was a better way to thread the book to to build up to that moment. But it to me, mm-hmm. I mean, it just the the connection that was there to me was just kind of like take it or leave it. You know, it really wasn't anything that was like super interesting, and you wanted to, you know, I don't know. It just it didn't. It wasn't bringing Star Wars to me, but but um. But it definitely is thorough in in terms of getting you to know Thrawn and how he became what he is how basically how he became grand admiral um yeah. it was a journey but it was a pretty you know it's pretty smooth journey for him i mean he was like i said he's a smart guy he knew he knew exactly what to do to to get where he needed to be so um Plus, I he think, had
0: the emperor in his back pocket. I mean, the emperor. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he play, he played. You know? He could
1: play everybody. He knew what you were working with, him, and I love that part of it was always really good. I mean, anything with Thrawn in the book was good, but when you'd have like those moments where, you know, um, like you'd cover Price, I would just be like, I want. I'm ready to get back to Thrawn. <laughs> because yeah. hers wasn't quite as quite as interesting. It was more just, oh, she's very conniving and manipulative, and, uh, um. Yeah, so but I'll tell you, though, the, the really cool thing that was, I always loved throughout the book, I, I always caught all the Death Star references. Mm-hmm. So at the end, when he basically calls up, you know, he's, he's with the Emperor and calls him out on that. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Because you can tell the Emperor's like, cool what? Moment.
0: <laughs> huh? That was a cool moment. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I want to say throw you like, know spoiler alert, sorry everybody, but but yeah, like cuz you know basically throughout the book you hear reports about like there's a mat- a metallic material called dunium that they mine for and they you know yep. they're wondering, you know they're like where is this where's all this going to? What are they building? And they're thinking it's probably you know they're building a fleet with it. And you know, I mean, we all know where that that is actually going and they talk about the Wookiee manual labor. Yeah, I'm like yeah, they're uh they're building the Death Star and for him to call the Emperor out on it at the end where he's just like so tell me about the Death Star boom you know because it's like what do you know about the Death Star yeah. <laughs> a little man so it's I thought that was really cool and he you know he shows his cards at the end but you know other than that it's just kind of like you know it's not one of those that would be it's it's gonna be a tough one to go back to and read again I will say that yeah. and that's a sad thing to say but You know, I mean, I I get the purpose of the book, and it's, and it does well at what it's supposed to do, and that's tell the story of Thrawn. But, um, I still feel like you didn't get a whole, like you're, he's still a mystery. You don't get much of his backstory in terms of the chiss and, and, you know, what was happening there. You only get tidbits. So I feel like that was, and and if, if you read it, it feels like it was purposefully done that way so that it could be told in a different story.
0: Yeah. I I get that way. Um
1: especially when you see the that's another thing too is you feel bad for the guy that pretty much is like Thrawn's assistant, which I didn't make clear before. He starts out as like caretaker to Thrawn, but he basically he's just taken on this ride through Thrawn's career and you know at first you feel like he's being neglected like because he's not getting any promotions. He stays the same while Thrawn's just just being just Thrawn, you know, promotion after promotion. But you could tell that it was all part of the plan and Thrawn finally gets them to bump the guy up to commander, you know? So he, he jumped so many spots in rank. And so he's like, Mm. okay, I'm happy now. (laughs) Like, I guess it all worked out, but, um, but yeah, so you kind of like that guy, I feel like we're supposed to see more of maybe in, in, in future, hopefully, Timothy Zahn books, because it felt like they, they were, or it, it feels like they're going to use them somewhere because of the ending to the book, you know, basically yeah. being sent to the Chiss Ascendancy. So it's, we'll see what, what we get from there. So
0: my deal with it, this is Timothy Zahn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote Heir to the Empire.
1: Yeah, he wrote that he whole wrote, trilogy, he wrote the, you know, was it, uh, um, oh, Lord. Spectre of the Past, Vision of the Future. Um, he did so he allegiance. allegiance. Yeah, I was going to say he did Allegiance. See, most of those books are really good. I mean, I think his weakest book was probably... Uh, well, you know what? That's a tough one because they're all pretty good. Like, he did Allegiance and then Choice of One, which was a two-parter. Even, even his standalone Smugglers... What was it just called? Smugglers or... It was the one where it was like a heist book with Han and and Lando and all them scoundrels, not smugglers. Scoundrels. Even that one was a really great book. To be honest with you, I feel like Thrawn is probably his weakest book to me.
0: Yeah. And and see, I hadn't read anything, but uh, you know, I read Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. Mm -hmm. Those were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because that's what brought Star Wars back from nothing you know we f- that that we finally got star wars and that's and and I put Timothy's on on this pedestal like oh look what you did you brought mm-hmm. it back but I expected more from throne right i mean this is a character that everybody loves everybody wants to know more about and mm-hmm. It sort of delivered, but it was kind of boring the whole
1: way. Yeah, the whole trip. No, I totally agree. That's my thing with it. It's like if you go back and I mean, if you look at Air, the the of the Empire trilogy, there's I mean, there's a solid story there. I mean, you have your established villains, you have the heroes, they have a goal that they're fighting towards, and you know, you it's like watching three movies. Thrawn yeah. is just like a documentary series on Thrawn, you know, and then but at the same time, you have a mini doc. While you know, while that's going on, you have the mini series of of uh, Price Governor Price, but it's yeah. but there's no big thing. It's like you know, you don't have like a like I think the villain that they try to they try to express in the book is um uh, 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 um oh I can't believe I've already forgotten the name um yeah code name is like the code name I'm trying to remember oh gosh that's bad but anyway the that person is the is sort of the 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 arch nemesis to Thrawn like he's he's kind of the one that's on his game just as much as Thrawn is so Thrawn's having you almost seem like he's having a good time trying to decipher who this find out who this guy is what's he doing you know where you know how he's manipulating everything but it's still it's a a tiny portion of the book and and even the, the the payoff is very weak. Unless he's brought back, you know they they claim that he dies at the end of the book. We don't know for sure, Mm -hmm. so they could bring him back. But it still was weak, and it just like I said, you you don't really get a strong story. It's more of just a you just you're reading this character while things happen throughout the book, like little little trials here and there for him to to go through to get to the next rank. And it's not there's no drawing power to it. I mean, even even Zahn's, like I said, he had that that standout the one book called Scoundrels. It was great because it was just a heist story. Because you, so that means you've got Han, Lando, you know, all these these smugglers and scoundrels together for a heist. It's almost like reading *Oceans Eleven or, you know, whatever. You know, this, the, the team has to get together and they have to break into a, a vault. So you know, mm. it's a simple storyline and it's really entertaining. It's you know, it, you keep it keeps you on the edge of your seat. I mean, you'll you'll read the book from beginning to end in like two nights. I mean, one night if you're if you have nothing better to do. But you know, even his other books, you know, they just they had something. I, I want to say I, I don't rem- remember Survivor's Quest that much. That was a standalone with with about Luke and Mara. Um, I can't remember anything about it. So maybe that that one could contend for the least favorite. I don't know, but yeah, I see exactly what you mean. the the, tri- the his his holy trilogy that he first came out with were very strong books and very. Even though you know Thron's the villain, he's the thread throughout it. It's just yeah. it's just really well thought out and, and you know executed novels that that translate well to almost like watching movies. Thrawn doesn't. Thrawn's just very boring. Yeah, it is,
0: you know, and and I bought it the day I left to go to celebration. So mm-hmm. I bought the audiobook, and I listened to almost half of the book on the way to Orlando, driving down there, and. I listened to almost the second half of it on the way back. And I had to finish up maybe about an hour of it, you know, after that. Um, I, what talking about the audio book part of it, man, the voice acting is spot on the guy. I don't, I can't remember who did it, but the guy who reads the book to you, he does a great throne, but the, but his voice for Eli, uh, what, what Vantos, was his last name?
1: Or, yeah. Eli Vantos. Vantos.
0: Yes. It was so weird that it just kind of threw me off. I've never <laughs> heard like a, a a country Star Wars person, but this guy was country. His voice for Eli Vantos was like, I don't know, Throne. Uh, maybe we can do it. Get
1: her done. <laughs> you know, I was like, What? They call they call me Eli <laughs> get her done pantry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> he didn't say get her done, but he, he was very country at talking. Right. And it just it kind of threw me out of the the uh the, the Star Wars world there. All right. Uh and and also I, I've noticed this pattern with Star Wars audiobooks now. <clears throat> when they're in a ship, they have this ambient uh, ambient noise going on in the background to kind of make it seem like you're in the ship with them.
1: So you hear all But like it's redundant. And stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's over and over again and it could last for 30 minutes and you're driving down the road and you have this this thump of like this uh. bass sound just over and over every three seconds like the the th- th- you know, it's like just background noise on the ship. It's like, oh my god, shut it up! I just want to hear him read! You know, <laughs> So, but I know what they're trying to get. They're they're trying to put you in the in the Star Wars universe in that in in that story. But you know, to a certain extent, you, I wish they cut it out. Um, but I mean, the the really the the book should have been titled "Throne and Price," Go, Throne and Governor yeah. Price, because Governor Price was half of the book, literally, right? Literally half of the book, and yeah, I didn't enjoy that at all. Yeah, uh, the throne stuff was was okay, but like you said, the, the story was. I think it took place in too big of a time span because, l- literally, from the Clone Wars to Rebel Season Three, is what you have is like a twenty year time span almost. So I, I you know, it, there, pinpoint you know take a spot. And pick a spot right there, you, you know, at least within a couple of months and, and tell your story there. But I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to give us an origin story, at least somewhat of an origin story for Thrawn. Right. Um, and throw Governor Price in there as well. Uh, I get it. Um, and then leave the door open for the Chiss later on down the, the line by by promoting or, or having Eli choose to go be the human envoy to the Chiss so he could learn all all their ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. You're going to have another book coming down the road. The one thing that I took from this book that interests me the most is the fact that, and and it sort of ties into, uh, the last aftermath book was, the unknown space, yeah. Where in in the emperors need to discover what's in the unknown space. Yep. And and that and that's basically why he gets thrown, and promotes him. You know, because thrown is helping him chart out unknown space and what's out there. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that it's not a coincidence. I think Lucasfilm's planning something. There, you know. It's, Maybe Snoke is yeah, from unknown space. I know that he's an alien. He's not human, uh, according to Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, thanks to the Force Awakens novelization, there is a line in there saying that Snoke is not human. So he's an alien. Uh, so I'm sure he's probably from the unknown regions. Uh, so, you know, that kind of... Stoked my fire a little bit, liking yeah. that part. But like, like you said, man, Throne is a very boring book. Yeah, it was not what I expected at all. I, I expected way more from from Timothy Zahn. Is it a poorly written book? Uh, no, you know, I, of course i I listened to it, but it's okay. It's just the plot is
1: sort of it drags in mm-hmm. spots. Like I right. said, he's. I feel like Zahn has a plethora of. Uh, he has just unlimited amounts of creativity, and he's got you know a big world in his head, and he's and his stories are really well thought out, and they're out there. You know, they're big, but in this case, it's just almost like it's too big for his own britches, and there's no, there's no. Because I feel like sometimes you have to simplify these stories, you have to and keep them focused. And with yeah. this one, it was more of like there was really no focus except for on the fact that we're going to take this ride. With knowing you know how Thrawn got to where he was and how Price gets to where she is, and I feel like Price could have been left out of the book completely, unless I maybe unless I need to to rewatch this latest Rebel season and see how vital it is to know where you know how she came to be because I don't feel like it was that important even in the book. Her payoff really wasn't all that great. And unless
0: there's something coming in season four, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like unless there's something coming and we just need to we need to know. And that could very well be because I, I feel like Zahn wouldn't just give you stuff to be giving it to you. He'd he'd give you you know he would do something for you there. But I'll say this as the last thing before we move on. I, I feel like the the book itself. I mean, you know, it's not a it's not a poorly written book book. It's not a you know it's not just somebody who you're like oh this this dude doesn't even need to be writing Star Wars. But I, I feel like it was just very. It was just a lot to to take in, and it was very slow moving and boring. Which I would have kept it narrowed down to maybe a simpler, like a simpler storyline of seeing Thrawn rise through the ranks, and maybe he butts heads, or he's having to kind of, uh, you know, play mental chess or something with with like his kind of like his nemesis or his his rival. You know, uh, maybe in that that secret person. You know, um, yeah, what was that guy's name? Knight sister or something? No, it was... Night (laughs) Watch? No, it was something like that. Like, like... Night Turkey? Something (laughs) crazy. Night (laughs) Night Turkey? Yeah, (laughs) something like that. I want to say it had a bird in it or something, but yeah, Yeah. the, um... If if he, you know, that could be like his villain, and you see him, you know, kind of rising up in rank and, and having to, you know, having to match wits with this guy, almost like in a Sherlock Holmes, you know, Moriarty kind of deal you know what i'm saying because that's how they kind of make it feel towards the end of the book when he he finally meets the guy it's sort of like them two going going at each other to show who's smarter and i just feel like that could have been honed in and just made it to be like the thread throughout the book and then it pays off in a big way but anyway that's that's just kind of my, my opinion on it so you know i give the book an a for effort but it's you know in terms of reading and enjoying it i'd give it probably a c plus
0: yeah yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head it's it it it's the perfect combination of Star Trek meets Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's it's got the boringness of Star Trek in it, <laughs> <laughs> and the detective the the detective skills of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Shots fired. I just got, I, yeah, I just I, I just got to get my Star Trek jabs in there. Uh, did I say Star Trek? I no,
1: gotta right, get my Georgia. Star Trek in there. Star Trek jabs.
0: jabs. Star Trek jab. So, nah.
1: I'm guessing you saw yeah. the Vanity Fair. Uh,
0: yeah. Do you want to get in? Well, we, we're kind of running over time, so let's let's save the Vanity Fair for next week.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, let's the save Vanity Fair They're, they're going to revolt, but that's fine. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, I mean, I feel like we needed to get <laughs> the throne out because I think we needed to to talk about throne because yeah, uh, we need to let everybody know, hey, if you want to go buy the book, go buy the book because I'm sure it'll be selling like hotcakes in two years. You know, you, you could flip it yeah. on eBay for $300.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Just like the rest of the, the older books now, Tarkin and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's going to do it for uh, the Outer Rim News podcast, episode 55. Um, if you want to uh, talk to us between episodes, remember you can find us at our official site, outerrimnews.com. Uh, where we post all the latest breaking Star Wars news that we can find or that people send us or that companies, you know, send press releases to us. Uh, You can also talk with us on our social network sites like Twitter, where you can find us at Outer Rim News on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Outer Rim News and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Outer Rim
1: News. What, what and also remember that you know this is all for entertainment pr- purposes. The you know this show is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. All the the sounds and names, all of that's copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders.
0: Alrighty, that's going to do it. Uh, any
1: last thoughts, Austin? Um, everybody, uh, enjoy the 40th anniversary, I guess, and read. All these new books that are out, like I've still got to read *Rebel Rising* and *Guardians of the Wheels*. So, yep, yep. everybody have fun doing that. Yep, and I'll say yes,
0: definitely read *Rebel Rising*. Uh, not through with it yet, but it's a pretty decent read. I can't wait to review that one coming yeah, up.
1: I've started it, and it's already. Uh, I, I love how it's really, it's really giving you, you know, how the. Basically, I know this is this is taking up time, but how Catalyst worked into. It's like Catalyst works into uh, into um, Rogue One. This one yep. kind of works out of the beginning of Rogue One. Like it basically is a continuation of Catalyst and the beginning of Rogue One. So you're getting the, you're filling in that gap, which I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah. So, alrighty, may the force be with you.